Hey, this is Johnny Damon, your favorite caveman from the 2004 world champion Boston Red Sox. You're listening to Boston's Big Three Podcast presented by Ride the Wave Media. Boston's Big Three, episode 43. Uh, big guest on today's show, Gino Grisham. So we, are Grisham. we are presented by Ride the Wave Media, sponsored by Pete's Pop today. Uh, thank you, Pete's Pop. They helped us land this interview. And uh, yeah, they're based out of Pawtucket, Rhode Island. Let me just pull up their ad read. 151 Benefit Street in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. Pete's Pop has the world's most exotic chips, candy, and soda under one roof. Check out their Instagram at Pete's Pop, P-E-T-E-Z-P-O-P, for their wide selection or to place an online order. Grissom talked about his favorite stuff from Pete's Pop. But, uh, you can hear it in the interview, but I think he said, like, what is the Cardi B and the Migos food and all that stuff. Yeah, oh, they, that's, what he called, that's, that's actually because the owner of Pete's Pop, Petey, shout out to Petey, when I went out to L.A. last year to film the commercial, he actually flew out with me and GRD on his own because he wanted to hang out. And he saw that over there in Cali, that's where wrap snacks were becoming pretty big. Yeah. And they were, I think they're only like, you know, they're pretty cheap, like $2 a bag. Dude bought out all the stores over there and shipped them back here because they, yeah. they didn't exist up here. So um, Pete's Pop, man, he's a good hustler like that. It would be like rare if you saw him, remember? Like sometimes someone would bring yeah. us a lunch in high school and I'm like, oh, like the Migos chips. Oh, yeah. That's like bougie chips. It's like wearing yeah. AirPods, just eat instead of eating Lay's chips, <laughs> you're eating wrap snacks. Cardi Tom B Brady is no longer on the New England Patriots. The day has finally come. March 17th, what? 2020. Wait, that was What have we been saying here? Uh, between myself and Stafford, and I'm sure you two jabronis have also said it too. I, oh, I did it. I did it. I was all right, pulling so you on guys, Brady coming back. All right, tag team match right here. Me and Stafford versus you two. We told <laughs> you that he was – now we thought maybe the Vegas Raiders. I will have to give credit. Tampa Fitzy. Bay Buccaneers, Fitzy. Fitzy said Tampa Bay Bucks on the Super Bowl. We were texting. I went all the way back to the text message. He said, Tampa Bay is my dark horse, and here's why. Same reasons why there's no uh, taxes down there in Florida. They're built and set up. They have their team ready to go for, for Tom Brady. And I didn't put any stock into Tampa because None. of the market. None. When you told market, me that Fitzy thing, I was like, yeah, right. And now he's on the Bucks. Yeah. Uh, I But I'm telling you, everybody at home, that I believe that Brady wasn't going to go there because it's a small market. But then, now it makes me think, if Brady doesn't succeed in Tampa, it's a small market. doesn't really matter. It's not like he had to play in front of the entire, entire world. But shout out to the Bucks because if you look at their schedule, they play Kansas City this year. They play the Packers. You play the Saints twice. Yeah. Um, they have another – they played at Detroit this year, so he's going to be linking up with Matt Patricia again. They have some really good games. I expect out of a 16-game season, eight yeah. of them are prime time. And now Tampa Bay is going to be like the center of the sports world. No, the I was going to say, Bab, The Lightning are consistently good. Bab, you say small market, but it's not really a small market when Tom Brady comes to town. Yeah. Right? Had eight primetime games. What's the last time the Buccaneers had any primetime games with <laughs> Jameis Winston there? Do they I become the immediate the... favorites to win the – No, 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 no. South? And it's going to be Brady versus Breeze the next two years, which will be a ton of fun. And we still have to wait for free agency to end because right. now it's being reported by Mike Lombardi that A and B is probably coming to the box. And then also Good they're talking Lord. about getting Todd Gurley or Melvin Gordon. And you know what me and GRD have been talking about off the record is that the Bucks are going all in for the next two years. That means they're going to take well. their 
14th overall pick or whatever they have this year, and they're trading it away. Let's start now. Let's win now. It's a win now mode, and I'm sure all the fans down there will be forever grateful if they win at least one Super Bowl, and then they're mediocre for another 15 years because that's pretty much what they did since they won 2002. Well, the thing is, too, they're going in not only for the next couple years. It's this season. They are hosting the Super Bowl. Super Bowl's in Tampa Bay. Tom Brady would be the only person in NFL history to win a Super Bowl in his home stadium. This is Imagine all if he did, then it wasn't for cool. the pads. This is that all he does that and the does He not- knew what he was getting into. He probably could have did it in New England if the Patriots were able to host the Super Bowl, but oh, they were yeah. never, ever able to never. host the Super Bowl. So it's just another little well, thing. I don't know. A little warning might change that. Who knows? Yeah. Well, they had that one in uh, MetLife. But that was just brutal. I don't, mm. And that turned into a blowout, too. Yep. That was the, that was the Seahawks and the Broncos. Seahawks game. Yeah. And, I, and, I'm telling and, you right now, I've never had more like genuine joy than seeing Peyton Manning absolutely getting <laughs> schmacked on national television. Would, so would, you actually, be, would you be okay if, if Tom Brady made the Super Bowl this year, say he made it against the Kansas City Chiefs, would you be okay with that kind of situation? Yeah, absolutely. See him yeah, get blown I, out? I want Brady to win the Super Bowl. I don't think the Patriots will. I think this is what made me the most angry about this whole situation. The Patriots did the wrong thing in hindsight. They tried to be good this year. No matter yeah. what's going to happen, you're, it's going to be a rough season. I don't think, like, you can be optimistic all you want. It's not going to be the same. It's going to be maybe another first-round exit in the playoffs. We don't know. Like, nobody has any but idea. But that's absolutely fine with the team that they have. As long as they get to the playoffs, that's a W, and they go into next season. Okay, but like, but that's, if that's, that's the plan, fine. if if that's the plan, if you're saying that's fine. If you want to play, you can't do it with the. Just cut other people. They the people they resigned is because they were trying to be good. I think just from a strictly homerism point of view, that just wanted to see Brady back. If you look at two roads you're about to take, both roads are going to lead to not a Super Bowl win. Might as well just have Brady for life on the Patriots that way. Short term, this stinks, but you're letting Brady, who was given 20 years of his service, walk away. You're keeping him happy because guess what's going to happen? In two to three years, Brady's going to come back to New England. We're going to hold parades. We're going to have a statue for him. We're going to do whatever we're going to do for him. He's got, Don't make that face, Stafford. He's going to come back. What's He's going to end up going to Canton. He's going to go into Canton as a New England Patriot. You're keeping he goes that. As a buck. <laughs> <laughs> that would be phenomenal. Everything was, everything's well, just- good that way. Short-term hurts the Patriots. Long-term helps the Patriots. Bill Belichick is not going anywhere for the next 10 years. He's staying here in New England, and it's going to – don't make that face either. How many wins That's is news to me. How many wins is he away from all time? I think he needs at least four more seasons at 12 wins a pop, which he's, I say he's going to get about 10 or 11 this upcoming year. So that's why I'm saying five or six more years that he has yeah, left. No, he is not – He's not kicking this bucket until uh, no. The he, thing he, is, the thing is, Brandon, he'll be an executive after he's a head coach. It's not going to be yes, just yeah. That's, that's why he's staying like ten that. years. That's yeah, why he's like staying ten years. But once he passes Don Shul's win record, smell you later. He's just going to become the executive right. and kind of ride well, off. Babs, the thing is, what you just, I disagree with one thing you just said. Brady's not happy. Brady's not happy. He had to go to Tampa Bay in the first place. He much rather we much rather would have had it the Patriots pay him thirty million dollars and had him stay here for the rest of his career. Brady's gonna be smiling cheek. He's gonna be smiling cheek to cheek when he's throwing it over to Mike Evans, Antonio Brown handing it off to Todd Gurley. I think you're absolutely gonna gonna save money on New England. He has an actual son. Like out in Tampa Bay, it's nice weather the whole time. His, his winters, his January's freezing in Foxborough is just on on a beach in Tampa Bay. Here's the take: Does Tom Brady succeed in a warmer climate? 
does he succeed in a warmer climate? Because he struggled it's, it's, down in Miami for a couple of years. And that no, it's humidity. a serious question. It really is. Like, because, it's a serious question. Because it, now he's going to get acclimated down there, and he probably will get used to the weather and all that and the and humidity. He probably win in Miami. But, that, but it actually would not surprise me the first two games he struggles down there because of the warm weather. And plus the, the rain. It's going to rain. The torrential downpours they might have down there. Is, I there, think is there a part of you that really wants Brady to stink this year? Or you're just going to be rooting for the guy? No, absolutely not. I, I saw someone on Twitter say they want him to be terrible this upcoming year. Probably was, a Giants Like, you fan. left us. I'm just like, no, he's some Patriots fan. He's like, I, oh, you, you abandoned the Patriots. I hope you have another terrible year. You're nothing. I'm like, go take a lap. Like, a lap. If he stinks, I, like... I'll be like, it is what it is. And deep down inside, I'll be smiling like Belichick would be smiling, like that little grin on his face because you know that the Patriots end up winning that. But I want Brady to succeed. If he wins the Super Bowl and the Patriots don't even make the playoffs, that's cool. I'm absolutely fine with that. What if the other way around? What if the Patriots win? What if the – say the Patriots just make playoffs. I'm not going to push them through the Super Bowl just yet. Just imagine the Patriots make the playoffs and then the Bucs miss the playoffs this year. What, What are your thoughts on that? Belichick is smiling ear to ear again. Yeah. I'll be smiling ear to ear too, but you can never shit on Brady. You can never publicly shit on Brady, nor should you ever publicly shit on Brady. But you should just, I will just be the first one to shout out be like, it's Bill Belichick, baby. He's the true genius. And that's what it ends up being. It's I don't know. Belichick uh, when he trust. kissed his kid, that's pretty bad press. I'd probably, <laughs> it's probably a good thing to ridicule him from yeah. that. But, but I have I, a hot I, take here. I have a hot take. Oh, go for it. Here we go. Get ready for this, boys. Here we go. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, one of the best offenses in the NFL now, opposedly, right? Supposedly. You have Chris Godwin. You have Mike Evans. You have Ronald Jones, O.J. Howard, Cameron Brady, potentially Antonio Brown, and Tom Brady. Out of all of those players, Tom Brady might be the reason why they do not succeed next year. Ooh. Ooh. 43 years old. First time in a new system in 20 plus years. Are you allowed to say that? Head coach. Different blocking scheme. New defense. New climate. New everything. This is all new for Tom Brady. And a lot of times you see at the end of people's career, old dogs cannot learn new tricks. Tom Brady might be the very reason why the Buccaneers are not successful next season. But Tom Brady is ready to go down there and take the risk, and that's what he wants to do. It's if and like Robert Kraft said. Now, I mean, you're going to hear so many different sides. Kraft said if Brady really wanted to stay, we would have made it work for him. Supposedly, he said yeah. that. Oh, I don't believe clearly any of not. That. Yeah. Clearly not. But Tom Brady going down there, it's the added chip on his shoulder. The last six or seven years, he's always been playing with his back against the wall. Whether it's the deflated ball situation, whether it's being down in the Super Bowl Fifty One. Whether that's even, you're too old, Tom, you can't do this. It's going to be very interesting. You make a great point there, Stafford. And it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. I think one of the biggest things that's going to come out of this is that that argument that's risen the last two, three-ish years about who's more responsible for the dynasty is going to get, there's going to be some more added, like, um, argumentation. Decision-making time. Yeah, exactly. You're going to be able to see, was it more Belichick, was it more Brady? Um, and in these two, you're actually going to see them now in two different systems for the first time in their careers. And you're going to be able to differentiate who was doing what. 
And this is great. It's like we're living in a world of Madden. We are living in. Yeah. We are literally in a fantasy That's land weird, right now. Yeah. With the fucking world, how like, the world's going around around us. With Kobe Bryant, R.I.P. to him, and Tom Brady leaving, and the COVID going on, and the Kansas City Chiefs are champions. Everything is just in a fantasy world right now. But this is what we want to see, and we get to see this in a two-year window. And I hope that Brady's successful enough that he plays at least another season and comes back to Gillette. I would love to see him coming back to Gillette in the 2021 season, see how all the fans deal with that. Do you, do you think he would sign like a one-day contract and end his career, or do you think he could actually play another season in Gillette potentially? No, he's done with the New no? England Patriots. Okay. But I see him signing that one-day contract just to say I'm retired. I think that the, I think that Peyton Manning would have did something like that, but they kind of forced him out of there, yeah. and they went all in on luck. And I and the, and yeah, and did here twenty years. You're uprooting your family. You're going somewhere else. Um, and uh, I guess they met Brady met with Derek Jeter, Bill Gates, and the owner of the Tampa Bay Lightning on Sunday. He was down in Tampa. They had a little dinner, and they're pretty much telling Brady about the city of Tampa because Jeter lives down there. Telling him this is the infrastructure we're building over the next couple of years. We want you to invest in our city. So this is also a business move too to invest in a up and coming city of Tampa Bay. And T, you're gonna have TB12 down there now too. And we're going to have our newest acquisition, Jay Lassard, down there, who is going to be covering all Tom Brady at the Bucks every single game. So later in the week, uh, we're probably going to record another Brady-specific episode. So we're going to kind of transition more to the rest of the Patriots free agency, again, our interview with Grissom, and then wrap up with just like some NFL free agency. So we have come in to New England, wide receiver. Uh, what's this guy? His name Demir Bird. How do you say Demir? Hey, uh, anyone yep. named Bird's welcome in Boston. That's all I'm saying. Not, not with an eye. All right. <laughs> this, this is the breakdown on this guy. Absolute wheels. Uh, not a ton of production from the slot, which is concerning considering he's only 5'8". So he's playing outside of 5'8", under 200 pounds. I got Very concerning. Has serious speed, though. Absolute burner. Something we need, especially with Dorsett leaving. But the thing is, if you can't play multiple positions along that receiving line between the slot and the outside, he will not be successful in this system. McDaniels re- requires the receivers to be smart. And to play versatile roles, and he and, can't do and, both. And what's his? And what is his contract in terms of guaranteed money? Because you can just I thought it cut. was one year. No, but I think it's a little high. So I don't know if that's correct. I haven't seen the official breakdown of it yet, though. Because I'm just wondering, like, depending on what his guaranteed money is, they just cut him, like in August. It's like, see you yeah. later. I'm assuming it cannot be that high, but I think the incentive is there. Um, so it's one year, two point five mil. Um, but I don't know the specifics of the guaranteed money. Once we see that, we'll understand whether he's staying or not in August. Yeah, also, <laughs> just some breaking news here. It just came out about uh, five minutes ago. Uh, Lennon Roberts has signed with the uh, Miami Dolphins. It Dang, just came out one. along with Ted Karras today. Um, so losing even more players to, uh, to the Brian Dolphins. Florida. That's three run Dolphins, three Lions. Run That's three Dolphins, three Lions, dude. They're all just going Holy to two cow. teams. Yeah. Uh, we have the McCordy Twins coming back. Slater's coming back, which uh, Grissom speaks highly of in the interview. Big Slater guy. Huge uh, Slater guy. Huge like Slater. M- like many New England people out there. <laughs> and then Joe Tooney this. gets franchise tag. And then I that's the return uh, pass. Brendan, we did not ask your question. I'm sorry. You didn't ask my question? No, we Man. didn't ask Lost question. in the text. <laughs> I just knew he, I, I know he was a fashion guy, so I was yeah, wondering we if he was into the, We the went into that, scene. but we didn't, ask, okay. we didn't ask about that. Okay. So. Uh, also, it's important to know before we move on. That's all I have to say. It's important to note before we move on, the XFL and NFL are actively working to get a contract done where they will be able to sign XFL guys within the next week or so. Oh, wow. And Bill Belichick will un like undeniably will sign at least three of these guys. At least. 
At least I'm, three. I'm taking I'm taking your word for that. Yep. I want three. I want three. <laughs> In terms of people who left the Pats, Ted Karras, like we just said, goes to the Dolphins, Deron Harmon, Lions, Danny Shelton, Lions, Tom Brady Bucks, obviously. Jamie Collins, Lions, Kyle Van Noy, Dolphins, Ben Watson, retired, but Ben Watson, like, he was a shell of himself, but he was still good. Ben Watson, Ben Watson was the tight end when I started playing football, and then he he came back as a tight end for the Pats when I'm in college. That's crazy. If you, Stafford, you can think about the Tom Brady thing the same way. Yeah, I was one. Stafford, if you if you look at the defense right now and, and a lot and talk to the fans at home listening, yeah, you lost Van Noy. Yeah, you mm-hmm. lost Jamie Collins. But the defense is still pretty much intact, correct? The defense is solid, uh, especially the defensive uh, secondary, very solid still. You're not losing any pieces from there. J.C. Jackson is going to take a huge step next season. Uh, Jonathan Jones put a lot more strong safety actually towards the back end of the season with Chunk starting to kind of you know, bring his role down a little bit because he'll be leaving next season, either retirement or going somewhere else. Um, a lot of youth in the secondary coming up, especially these young guys, like I said, Jackson and Jones. Um, the defensive line needs work. Um, Lawrence guy was a productive guy last year. We lost Danny Sheldon, but guy played inside last season and it's, he's too much of a outside guy to play inside as much as he did. Uh, Winovich is still going to be there. Uh, probably a huge jump for Winovich, uh, more snaps coming, especially on pass rushdowns. Uh, and the linebacking core is solid. As long as you have Hightower there to teach these young guys, we'll be okay. As long as you have that anchor in the middle. That's what I'm saying is that you still have, uh, what Belichick's been great over these last 20 years is finding these B-roll or C-roll players and making them superstars. And that's why they go get paid. Someone like a Van Noy, they, Detroit just left them out to dry. We end up scooping him up for next to nothing. You make him get paid $50 million in a couple years, and he gets two rings on top of it. Tom Brady was a C-roll player when he came to New England, and he saw that fire under him. Belichick sees that. That's why I like Chase Winovich, because I think he sees something under Chase Winovich that he wants to keep him around. Jawan Bentley, don't sleep on him next year either. I believe that he sees something out of him as well, too. I agree. One thing, more, oh more point before we, we move on here. Um, just because a team spends a lot of money in free agency does not mean they'll be successful next season. I want to <laughs> emphasize that. I had the Dolphins winning free agency on my day one predictions and everything, and we were right about that. But just because a team spends a lot of money does not mean these players are going to work out. We've seen so many times where just terrible contracts being handed out to quote-unquote high-profile guys. Los Angeles Rams? A lot on their face. A lot on their face. All right, last thing before we go into this interview. Is it Stidham time? Why not? Why not? After, after the interview. We'll talk about that after the interview. Yeah. Need a, here you go with that. <laughs> oh, look at that. Oh, little clipping! Hey. Little, little, little foreshadowing. Yeah. All right, interview with Gino Grissom, to, uh, Super Bowl 51 champion, New England Patriot D-end, uh, and scout team Hall of Famer. He was talking about his trenches during that time. So it's a good behind-the-curtain look at the – how the Patriot way, I guess he, he got into detail about that. Talked about his early playing career, how he's transitioning out of his uh, playing career. What is his, what is that justice mission he's on now? Yeah. It's a good interview. And, uh, and Patriots nation. He's going to, he's going to cheer you up a little bit. He's going to let you know it's not over yet. It's not over yet. I'll be right back. I'll, I'll go read a book or something while you guys interview. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here it is. Gino Grissom. All right, Boss's Big Three is happy to have on former New England Patriots defensive end. He's a Super Bowl 51 champion, third overall, uh, third round pick, not third overall, 97th pick from Oklahoma, Geno Grissom, onto the program. How you guys doing? Glad, glad to be here. Thanks for having me, guys. So first and foremost, uh, we're in the middle of free agency season. 
big news going around, especially New England. But before we go into that, I understand that you're involved with the International Justice Mission. If you want to just touch on that, kind of uh, tell our audience what that's all about, where they could help out and all that stuff. Absolutely. So uh, International Justice Mission is a uh, nonprofit organization that works with uh, basically uh, ending modern day slavery um, or just, uh, you know, domestic violence uh, internationally across the world. Um, And they've done a a lot of great work this past year. My wife and I went to Guatemala and did some work with them in uh, Antigua and things like that. And it was an unbelievable experience. Um, if you get a chance to go do work with them, I, I, I highly recommend it. Uh, their Instagram is at IJM, uh, Twitter's at IJM, and uh, I believe their Facebook is International Justice Mission. Yeah. So. What do you guys say when you get to the location? What What is the next couple of steps? What do you do to help out over there? Just kind of uh, like walk us through a day in uh, one of the events. Um, so, uh, for instance, one of the things that we did uh, when we went there, we did a um, a day where we talked to a bunch of influential men uh, in Guatemala <clears throat> City, um, where uh, it was everything from you know the a mayor to um, the town barber, um, just pe- men that have influence. Um, who have the the ears of other men, um, and just kind of explaining them, you know, what it what it takes to be uh, a man. Um, you know, if you see something, um, you know, don't turn a blind eye. You know, help. You know, try and fix some of the things. Uh, you know, some of the corruption that's going on in the country. So, did you always have that plan in mind, or was this later in your NFL career when you were thinking, what's the next step? And then you get involved with that. Or is this always just in the back of your mind? As soon as I was going to get drafted, I was going to work for something that's bigger than football, bigger than myself. Um, I've always been into, you know, getting involved uh, in the community. Um, I always loved, you know, giving back, um, you know, being, being able to use this platform has uh, been a blessing, um, you know, through the entirety of my career. Um, and so <clears throat> it's not, IJM was never in the plan, but once um, I had heard about them and, you know, learned about some of the work that they do and some of the things that, you know, they've done. Um, I couldn't help but get involved and, you know, get my hands, get my hands dirty. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, So transitioning more to your football playing career, this is supposed to be NFL draft time, uh, the combine. Luckily, we got a couple days in the combine. It's not the whole, the whole thing finished, right? Right, right. For all the days. Teams are opening up practices normally this time of year, but obviously with the coronavirus, everything's going to be kind of going from a halt. So if you could kind of like walk us through, I guess when you were at Oklahoma, you leave school, you go to the combine, you meet with all these teams. How is that transition like? And then talk about, I guess, your experience in the combine ex- itself and then the steps you have to take from just really reaching, going from college to the NFL. Um, okay. So I would say that I was very blessed, um, you know, to be able to go to Oklahoma. Um, they did a, a phenomenal job preparing me not only physically for the next level, but also mentally. Um, there's a, a saying that, uh, you know, Oklahoma football players uh, say uh, it's, it's Schmitty built. And I was at the time our strength coach. Um, and and any, anybody who's from Oklahoma knows anything about Schmitty is probably smirking right now because uh, that's just uh, even, you know, uh, past boomer sooner, if you know a Schmitty built, that you're pretty ingrained at, at Oklahoma. So, um, 
I would say that the process was pretty, it was pretty intense. It was, it was unlike anything I've ever experienced. Um, I mean, just some of the, the interview questions that you get is, yeah. is just, you know, it's just next level. It's just like, how does that have anything to do with football? You know what I mean? It's just like, um, I'm trying to think of a question that I got asked um, or uh, there's one interview that I went to during the combine. <laughs> uh, the entire staff is sitting behind me. Um, I'm facing away from them. Um, and there's a, there's a TV screen sitting in front of me. I walk in the room, they sit me down, sh I shake everybody's hand and I sit in the chair. I like get ready to turn the chair and they're like, no, leave the chair. You're good. You're good. Just keep facing the TV screen. They don't say a word to me other than like, you know, just leave the chair. They flick on the TV screen. It's their team uh, uh, psychologist. And he's just asking me like a whole bunch of like, like, you know, interview questions. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Just to see, you know, how your brain works type questions. But it was just the most like awkward thing ever because I'm answering <laughs> these questions. I don't know how they're, you know, reacting behind me. Yeah. Um, they're probably you know, just your behavior or something. Exactly. Like that. So it's just they just put you in the most ridiculous situations um, just to see kind of how you react. And it's um, when you're I mean, on the, when you're on the spot yeah. at that time as a young kid going into that, are you just in comparing to what now because you're more mature now? Do you think it's the right thing for teams to do that? Do you think that it's okay for them to do that? Because we've heard stories and war stories that they ask a couple questions that might go above, you know, the line. Um, right. Do you think that they're doing the right thing, the teams that are doing that during the combine? Um, I, I agree with it. Um, you definitely want to see what you're getting, and there's really no way um, to uh, kind of really see you know the personality of a guy other than to put him in you know those uncomfortable situations i mean between the time where they graduate from college to the time they get drafted in that report you're not going to be able to know who somebody is so um i think it's i think it is necessary um i think some of the <laughs> the tactics that they use are a little yeah, yeah. Um, unorthodox <laughs> um but at the same time i mean these guys uh, they know what they're doing. Um, there's there's a method to the madness. Uh, it's obviously all above my pay grade. So, um. <laughs> yeah. No. Speaking of that, uh, I know obviously there's been some weird stuff with the combine, like you just described that weird, awkward situation in that team meeting. I know every player says they don't care where they want to go uh, when they get drafted. But coming out of Oklahoma, did you have a preference of where you actually wanted to be drafted? So, honestly. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm, a, uh, I'm, I'm from a small town in Kansas. Um, you know, I never even thought, you know, I was going to make it out of Kansas, let alone make it to the NFL. So to be 100% honest, as long as I had heard my name on draft day, I was good, man. Um, yeah. Uh, and during that time, I was being told, you know, everything from third round to, to fifth round. Um, so uh, I remember I had a draft party. I had probably about 40 people there uh, we had rented out like the the our little convention center in our in our hometown and it's the first round goes by second round goes by i knew i wasn't getting drafted third round goes by everybody's starting to leave it's the end of the night third you know how third round is the end of the day um the 97th pick com i can never say it, compensatory pick of the third round like basically a party of 40 20 people are left my phone rings and it's like it's uh it's bearish on the other end and he's like hey uh how do you feel about being a patriot 
and it's just so it's just like surreal because at like at that time you know everybody's leaving i'm starting to get a little like not depressed but just like okay all right i didn't get picked today like right and then the last pick of the day is like oh snap and it was even more than the last pick of the day. like it, the, it was the 97 compensatory pick so did right. you have any idea? Did you have any idea that you were going to be drafted by the Patriots towards the end of that draft? You were saying you were kind of down in yourself, but did you meet with Kraft beforehand, saying, "Hey, we may select you, we may not"? And then when that '97 pick, you're like kind of hanging on the last bit of hope, saying, "Hey, I met with Kraft. He said maybe, right. and then it worked out." Um, so yeah, I I had talked with the Patriots and did a visit with them uh, probably about a month prior to the to the draft. Um, and I knew there was interest, but I had no idea it was it was third round. And you know how it is, you know, they say, you know, we like you. We're, we're going to try and grab you as soon as we can. But you never really know what that means. So, yeah. So that transitions us to the Brady news. Brady's out of here as a rookie. What was uh, your first time like meeting Brady? Was it like your training camp on the practice field preseason? And you walk up to him watching the guy that I'm sure you've seen play football basically your entire childhood. And he's still going. All right. And then you meet him, you're on the same team as them, and you eventually win a Super Bowl with them. Uh, how was Brady like kind of behind the scenes? Uh, like we said, your first time meeting him, is it just the same old cookie cutter, what you see in every press release, every documentary out there? Is <laughs> right. it just something a little different that uh, some behind the scenes stories kind of shed light on him a little more? Um, I mean, my first experience with Tom was pretty pretty generic. Walk in the locker room, and you know, he's standing out of his locker room getting ready, and it's just like you have that moment of like, Yo, like that's Tom. Like <laughs> that's the that's the guy right there. Like I, I just you know, like you said, grew up watching him on TV, and, and so you know you're nervous. You don't want to go talk to him. You don't want to like you don't want to really bother him. You know, so you yeah. get ready for practice. You do your thing. You're like you know, if I bump into him, I bump into him. Maybe I'll say something there. Um, but you know, and then uh, I think the first time I ever spoke to him was in the calf. Um, you know, and it's I was seen him you know getting uh i don't know maybe like a snack or something and you know i was like all right this is my chance let me go act like i'm gonna grab some avocado right. toast dehydrated exactly. strawberries all that <laughs> exactly <laughs> so, in the cafeteria. <laughs> uh went over there excuse me tom hey how you doing my name is gino and uh you know that's kind of how i got got my way in um but uh no tom was an amazing guy i would say that <clears throat> for me personally i was never really able to get uh, super close with him. One because he was on offense. offense. I was on defense. Right. Uh, so if anything, I probably annoyed Tom. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like to, you Go know, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm a little bit of a trash talker. Um, I like to at, at defense or when I was with the Patriots, I spent a lot of time playing scout team. Uh, so I was, you know, obviously, you know, trying to make Tom's day difficult a lot of the a right. lot of the time. So. Um, I spent a lot of times probably getting on his nerves. Um, a, a question with then, that, well, like what you were just mentioned with scout team, you were saying you were going, trying to make his day difficult. Does, like, I'm assuming he both appreciates that, but also that drives him nuts. As a scout team, your, your job every day where you're thinking, I'm obviously going to try to make this team better, but you're also fighting for playing time and practice spot. Right. So those are just like absolutely what I can imagine, just the trenches every single day, back and forth, absolutely. trying to like, so would Brady like the scout team to the point that it's like, hey, I respect you guys for doing what you're doing. You're making my job better. Or is oh, yeah. it more just like you're actually driving me insane? <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. No. If 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 scout team is is giving a bad look, we're, he's going to let us know about it. Yeah. Um, you know, and he's he's going to be appreciative of the good looks because, you know, on game day, uh, if if scout team can make it look 
just like, if not better than, you know, it's going to look on game day, then when Tom sees it on game day, then Tom's already the GOAT. So if he's already been practicing against it all week, then yeah. he's going to be that yeah. much better. It just makes his job that much easier. Exactly. So Yeah, so during your time with the Patriots, I know you played a lot of special teams. You're a team-first guy. played a lot of different roles uh, on that defense and on special teams unit. Um, Matthew Slater, obviously the leader of that, un- unquestioned leader of that special teams unit mm-hmm. for, for many years now. What was your relationship like with Slater during your time with the Patriots? Uh, so that now that was my guy uh, Slater. That's that's an amazing dude right there. Uh, follower of Christ, um, very ingrained in 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 the gospel. Um, he's probably one of the the smartest guys I've ever met. Um, you guys see what he does on the football field. I mean, there's nobody that that can do what he does. There's nobody that can get down the field, get through a double team get cut illegally and still make the tackle. Like, I mean, it's, he's just, uh, he's just a different type of specimen um, for sure. Yeah. So serious question. First ballot hall of fame, not first ballot, but hall of famer for uh, Matthew Slater. Oh yeah. hundred percent. That's what I think too. 100%. No, yeah, there's especially- nobody. He's changed the game for special teams. Like teams literally scout like, will scout against Slater like you right. if and and it's hard to it, the, that's the one thing that I that I hate about the way that the NFL games are filmed is that special teams are not filmed uh you all you see is the kick and the catch and the tackle you don't yeah, see like the bathroom break exactly you don't see what's happening in between and there's so much that goes on in between the kick and the catch so how much um, how much do special teamers love Pat McAfee now that he's trying to make special teams like the whole for the brand stuff that's gone. He's going on Twitter. That's he's huge, he's making a, uh, a platform for you guys in a way. It's huge because at one point uh, they were trying to get rid of the kicking game. So, um, you know, that's for, I mean, for example, guys like Matt Slater, that's their livelihood. You know, yep. Matt Slater's not catching, you know, t- uh, 10, 10 games, a, 10 balls a game. Matt Slater's getting 10 tackles a game. So um, it's, it's, uh, it's, huge it's so huge he's yeah i really do believe that slater's the reason why the new cba extended the roster spot for three spots now you have special designated uh special teamers on that team now i think slater's one of the reasons why um so when you actually were playing defense with the patriots you had one sack for your career and you sacked ryan Tannehill, miami dolphins quarterback at the time uh he just got paid 29 and a half million dollars a year um (laughs) what do you think about that contract um, I mean, I think he's a great quarterback. Um, I think he's he if he has the offensive tools behind him, he can get it done. He's obviously no Tom Brady. Um, but I've always been a Tannehill fan, man. I think uh, it's, it's in this league, it's it's just everybody's good. You know what I mean? It's everybody forgets that everybody's getting paid. Everybody's, you know, getting getting all these uh, different you know, contracts and, and, and everybody, the talent skill is just, it's up there. So uh, I think he's a great quarterback. I think he deserves it. Yeah. So if you were Vrabel and you were a G, the GM of the Titans and you were making these decisions, Derrick Henry got franchise tagged. He didn't get that long-term deal. And I think a lot of people would realize that Derrick Henry's the reason why they got to the spot they were in. Tannehill obviously did a phenomenal job managing the game, but he didn't take mm-hmm. over the game like right. Derrick Henry did. If you were in the situation where you had to pay one of them, would you have given the long-term money to Derrick Henry, or would you still have rolled with Tannehill? Um, I think I think you go with the quarterback. Um, and, and the only reason why I say that is 
for longevity. Um, I feel like running backs, especially a running back like Derrick Henry, his body is, is only going to hold out as long as, as he can hold out, you know? And it's right. if you're going to invest your money, you want to invest it in, in you know, something that's going to last you a while. And I think Ryan Tannehill can, can definitely be the guy for them. So. Right. All right, time for the spike king now to talk. I've been silent for most of this time over here, letting these two guys, letting these two jabronis run the conversation. Before I get into my final thing, I want to give a quick shout-out to Pete's Pop, Pete's Pop 151, Benefit Street in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. He's the reason. Pete is the man why we're actually setting this up today. Have you been down to Pete's Pop yet in Rhode Island and checked out that store? Oh, you better believe it. Yes, yeah. sir. I went and got me some wrap snacks the other day. You got wraps that anything that that excites you over there that you like want to kind of plug for Pete's Bob got to get him excited. Ah, uh, man. I mean, shoot, this is the only place that I know where you could where oh, I found out that rappers had chips. And like I said, I got the wrap snacks. I got two bags. I got the Cardi B's uh, honey <laughs> barbecue and I got the Migos. Uh, what is it? Barbecue and, 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 a, and a, uh, uh, some ranch. Yeah, uh, I uh. Yeah. I saw. I went there and they had reptile bars. They got my inner childhood there with the Rugrats. Yeah, so yeah, I, I thought that all. was cool. Yeah. So thank all. you, Pete Spot, for helping us out for today's show. But I want to get in uh, to Super Bowl Fifty One. You are a Super Bowl champion, and no one could ever take something like that away from you. But you got to be part of one of the greatest comebacks in Super Bowl history. And from what you can remember, because I'm sure you partied a little hard after celebrating <laughs> at that championship. Take me a step-by-step from, you know, um, going to the Super Bowl. It was down in Houston, I believe, right? Yep. And talk through me, like, the entire week. Give us some stories about what a Super Bowl week is like for a player. Because as a fan, I went down to Atlanta for Super Bowl 53, and it's an awesome time. You guys are probably more on a strict schedule. This needs to be done. Practices need to be done. Walk us through that entire week up to game day if you can. Okay. Um, So you get there a couple weeks before the game. Um, and, uh, you know, it's practice in the mornings. Uh, it was in Houston. So obviously you don't want to get practice before the sun comes up. So it'd be practice in the mornings. Um, and then, uh, after practice, you got interviews for a couple hours. Um, but after that it was, uh, you know, pretty much free game. Um, so at around seven o'clock, eight o'clock at, at the end of the day, you were able to kind of, um, you know, relax and get off your feet a little bit. Uh, we were right by the Galleria. So it was it was nice to kind of walk around. But uh, a lot of guys were just, you know, just staying in the hotel. I mean, it's the Super Bowl. You know, it's you, you, you do all the bumps. You get all the bumps and bruises through the 17 weeks. Um, you know, it's you're not there for, you know, the fun and, and all that stuff. So um, I don't have a ton of, like, great stories other than, you know, we just practiced every day. Do you think that it shows that the New England Patriots, because I believe that was your first trip to the Super Bowl ever, correct? So right, this right. team, most of those players are already coming off a trip from Super Bowl 49, two years prior. Do you feel that the Patriots are structured like, hey, this is just another game day. Like, don't get it into your head or anything like that. Absolutely. Uh, the system that they've kind of created there is uh, built for playoffs. Um, that's when, you know, it's, it's almost like uh, – like a train um, that, you know, it, it, it has different gears. You know, you have your preseason, that preseason hits a gear for the regular season, uh, regular season, halfway through the regular season hits another gear for, you know, halfway through and then Thanksgiving uh, and then after Thanksgiving hits another gear for the playoffs, playoffs hits another gear for Super Bowl. So they, uh, they, their system is definitely built for, 
for that. It's, is it wrong? You say the word system. Is it wrong to call the Patriots a system? A lot of people are saying, well, Tom Brady's a system quarterback. Is it wrong to say and label the Patriots as a system? Because for me, I say that it's the best system out there. Every football team, all 32 teams are a system. It's just right. that the Patriots have the best system out there. I would agree. I think uh, they, they are a system. I don't think there's any other team in the league that can take uh, the, the caliber of players that the Patriots has taken year in and year out and, and still win games the way that they win. They don't necessarily have to have uh, the best receiver in the game. They don't necessarily have to have, you know, the best defense. But the, the system that they play, as long as they, they play it well, then they're, they're usually successful. I want to go right back to Super Bowl 51. Was there a point there in that game that you just stopped for a second and pinch yourself and be like, holy shit, I'm here right now. I'm in the Super Bowl. Uh, probably like in the locker room getting there. And then afterwards, when you're in the, when you're in the moment, you, you're kind of in the moment. You're not really. Who was the first, who was the first person you hugged right after the game was over? Like, who were you with during the game was the first thing you did right afterwards. Did you do one of those angels and confetti? <laughs> I just I just remember after we won the game the only words that could come out of my mouth like the only thing that my brain could fathom was oh my god we just won like that's the only thing that I could say and the only thing that's just that was the only thing New England thing. fans everywhere that comeback right. it still gets mentioned March 28th yeah. is a national holiday now <laughs> yes <laughs> it's just and it's awesome to be part of some history that's forever gonna be there um after party, who was at the after party? Was there like any big performances or anything like that? Oh, uh, shoot. It was uh, Lil Wayne. I think John Legend was there. Uh, I think Pitbull was there. Um, Who's your go to music guy then? Shoot. I don't know. Music is, is kind of trash anymore. I don't know. <laughs> uh, probably YFN Lucci right now. That's who I listen to the most right now. Oh, yeah. Uh, I went to the, I mean, I went to the after party, Super Bowl 53, no big deal. Uh, I got to celebrate like I'm a player, but, uh, that was like the most amazing time. Food always there. <laughs> alcohol's flowing. I think they had, oh, uh, yeah. they had the Migos there. Like just, you know, it's just, it was just awesome vibes. Um, I just want to get into a little bit more Brady talk. I mean, Tom Brady obviously now is going to be a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Um, when we had Ty Law on the show, he said that he's given, <clears throat> to, excuse me, Brady's given 20 years of his service. He doesn't owe anything into New England. And I know we were talking a little bit, texting back and forth, and you said, like, you were shocked and in, in, in that. Are you really surprised that he left New England? And um, what do you think he's going to do going forward in Tampa Bay with the weapons he already has over there? Man, I, I'm excited to see what happens in Tampa Bay. I can't imagine Tom Brady in any jersey other than a Patriots jersey. I mean, when you think of the New England Patriots, the first name that comes to your mind is Tom Brady. Um, so it's going to be very exciting. I think it's just part of this year, man. This year's been been crazy. It's yeah, put the world on hold. Tom Brady's no longer a Patriot, man. Like, what's next? There's right. a lot of people uh, in Boston that are looking at everything. Well died, Kobe <laughs> died, we have Corona, Brady's man. We're in an episode of Black Mirror right now. I swear to God. <laughs> so for real, though. That's what I'm saying. For real, though. You, now, you've obviously been coached by the greatest coach of all time. And, you know, I want you to talk to the New England Patriots fans out there that are listening. Um, it's called a team. It's not all about one player, although that one player does make a huge difference for the team. 
if there's one person that you should go all in on, I say it's Bill Belichick and Bill we trust. Can you speak in any regards of Bill Belichick and telling those fans at home, do you believe that Belichick is going to still lead the, this team to the promised land? Absolutely. Yeah, no, y'all don't got nothing to worry about. Bill is uh, is is the guru. I, f- I honestly think that Bill Belichick has a time machine. Um, <laughs> the dude, the dude's football IQ is 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 unreal. It's not even human. Um, it, he takes the game and, and turns it into something else. Um, he's just he's just. You guys don't have anything to worry about. Bill 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 had the Patriots just fine. I know everyone seems like they're overreacting. Uh, before we ra- wrap up everything, I want to get more into a little personal thing about Boston. Uh, you just and I want to kind of backtrack here. You said that you met the Patriots a month before the draft. Was that your first time ever coming to bo- the Boston area, New England area? It and was. Uh, and now that you have adapted, now you're still living in the area, I believe, right? Are you still yep. in New England? Okay, yep, so we're in the dot. Okay, perfect. Oh, so weird. I grew up there. <laughs> uh, Hell yeah. Hell it's yeah. obviously a different culture up here and you've learned you know you've lived here what's your favorite things about boston and new england whether it's the food the culture the atmosphere like just like tell me talk horrendous to you about your accents first yeah <laughs> <the horrendous laughs> accents. it's talk to me about more about living in new england um so i would just say just some of the i met some of the best people in my i was i don't know how to word it i'm sorry if uh i'm kind of messing this up but uh I guess my support team, uh, like the guy that I trained with in the off seasons, the lady that I use for, you know, self-care in terms of getting massages. Um, I've met some of the, the most outstanding people in Brian Donahue um, at APS um, and uh, Mary Pecky at uh, Serenity Massage. Uh, they're unbelievable. Nothing. And I, I feel like words can't describe how important they've been uh and not only my career but just in 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 my life um so they'll be mentors for me for life um and then also uh boston in general just the food i mean if you want good seafood boston's where you want to go you want good italian food boston's where you want to go um it's just it's just a great place to be so I just want to say uh, I noticed that uh, you're friends with Courtney, one of the cheerleaders right there. Yes, just you yes, know her. Tell, tell her I said what's up. She's uh, she follows the spike king and everything. She's good. Well, I met her. I met her. I met her and um, Dave down in uh, Baltimore this past year. Yeah, and great people. But that's what you yeah, say about the support system is that there's Absolutely. so many people that might have had to come here for whether it's sports or whatever it ends up being. It's awesome. Everyone's here to support each other. Right. Absolutely. One hundred percent. Last question, then we'll let you get out of here. Uh, right before the interview, we were going through your Instagram. We saw you're big into like the fashion now and everything, fashion week, <laughs> all that. Well, right. take, talk to us about how you're transitioning to that type of lifestyle post football career. Um, it's been pretty crazy. Um, I had I was fortunate enough to be able to go to London Fashion Week um, last month, and it was uh, a surreal experience. Um, it was uh, celebrating China which was kind of a little ironic with the, the circumstances, <laughs> but um, it was, it was amazing. I mean, it was, I wore some of the most ridiculous outfits that I've ever worn that I would actually wear, yeah. <laughs> but um, it was, it's, it's been, it's been, it's been a good transition to, to get it from, you know, uh, getting out of the league. Sorry, I can't get my words together. Who's the person that had the best fashion that you ever played with? And then who's the person that just looked like they rolled out of bed, just threw on whatever <laughs> and got t 
team playing or something. Ooh, the like, best. Who we got to throw under the bus? <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to say the dude that had by far the best fashion is probably between Devin McCourty and man Dante Dante has Dante Hightower has some suits too now. Dante can throw out custom made his body's like yeah, man. <laughs> um it, I don't know, man. I feel like I don't think I could I could put somebody. You can't roast someone now. Like yeah, because then people are gonna be all on his Instagram looking at what, what they wear. I can't I can't can't do my guys like that, man. All right. Any uh, other questions before we let you get out of here from you two? I'm all set. I, I appreciate you coming on, taking the time yeah, out of your day, and um, we appreciated having another awesome guest here on Boston's Big Three. Uh, New England Super question. Bowl champion. You in appreciate football it. Shape, Thanks. Oh, yeah. Yeah? I have a feeling that Bill's going to make a call. At least one training camp in while I'm feeling it. Man, if if they do, I'm ready. If you're you're looking for an agent, ride the wave. We'd like to get into the sports agency. (laughs) So I'm I'm ready to go. I will ready to fight for you. I will get whatever you need. The Spike King will be there for you. I will get you on a team. Have you you thought about XFL? That is consideration. I have. I have. Um, It just uh, didn't didn't, didn't make sense for for me and my wife and our situation. So, yeah. All right. Well, this is Gino Grissom of the former New England Patriots 51, uh, Super Bowl 51 championship winning team, Boston's Big Three. We appreciate you coming on the show. And uh, you want to plug, just plug anything you want right before we leave. But uh, thanks for hopping on. Uh, yeah. Gino Grissom. Uh, only thing I really mess with is Instagram. And that's barely says Gino underscore Grissom. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, man. Thanks. All right. So, like we mentioned, is it Stidham time? Thank you, Gino Grissom, for coming on the show. Yeah, but great guy. The people great guy. on the edge of their seats the whole interview. Yeah, yeah seriously. Um, Jared Stidham, a lot of great stuff coming out of from Jordan Palmer about him, his QB's coach. Uh, I respect Palmer a lot. He's been right about a lot of players, been emboldening a lot of great quarterbacks, young quarterbacks specifically, in the past couple of seasons. Um, do I believe it's Stidham time? Not yet. I say not yet, and this is why. We've been rumored to be interested in almost every single free agent in this draft, uh, and there's a reason for that. Belichick obviously thinks he needs some competition, and whether or not he thinks that Stidham is, is or is not the guy is contingent on how he plays this preseason against some of these more high-profile players we're going to acquire, whether that be Jake Fromm, whether that be Jacob Eason, whether it be Justin Herbert if he falls, whether that be Jalen Hurts, or maybe even a guy like Cam Newton that we've been hearing about in rumors I, and speculation today, uh, think, or earlier today. At least. I think that Cam Newton one would be pretty cool. I'm just I'm very casual football fan. I love the I love the Patriots, but I think it'd be really cool. If I love Patriots, Cam. Yeah, I think well, it'd be say what you say what you Cam want Newton. about yeah. his attitude and everything like that. But he's cool. Brady left. Belichick's still here. These Belichick has never had a mobile quarterback. I said that the whole time, like like forever episodes ago. I yeah. said the joke. I kind of want Teddy Bridgewater. He obviously we can't, but let's just get something different. Now that Tom's gone, like let's just shake it up a little. Let's just yeah. see what he has up yeah. his sleeve. If Cam Newton comes as a 6'5", 255-pound linebacker playing as a quarterback, I want that. I'm they all had, in. They had a flash of a mobile quarterback with Jacoby Brissett for like a game and a half, however yeah, that long. And that was just of, Speaking of Brissett, he is now available for trade. So that was another thing, too, that I heard this morning uh, on my way home from work was that do the Colts really want to get rid of Jacoby Brissett, though? Although they're going to listen to it, 
that's their insurance policy for an aging Philip Rivers. Because if some, <laughs> God forbid, something happens to Rivers, at least Jacoby can slide right in and knows the yeah. system. But I will say this about Cam Newton. I feel like his heart is not in football anymore. Like, it just felt like he's getting that Andrew Luck that I'm getting beat up out here. And there was an interview last year halfway through the season that you could just tell the way he was talking about. And then all of a sudden, Ron Rivera's gone, and that whole team started to crumble him. I think that, like I said, I don't think his heart's there, but if he does come to New England, I feel that Belichick and Josh McDaniels and the Robert Kraft and the system and the fans can get him back to where he needs to be. He has played in a Super Bowl before. He yeah. has that experience, that playoff experience, and I will go out there and I'll buy a number one jersey and I'll rock that. But just because they get Cam Newton doesn't guarantee he's the starter week one. Belichick right. is not announcing anything until the Saturday, the day before week one. Yeah, so logistically, logistically oh. for Cam Newton before uh, we get into everything else, his contract is not going to work for our cap situation. There would need to be an immediate restructuring before anything actually happened. Zavi, you're talking about quarterbacks in this draft. Is there any quarterback that you'd want over, like, that we realistically could get? Not Jaylen saying, like, Hurt. so we, he's better than Stedham right now, who has a year under Brady. I'm just thinking, like, why would you start a rookie quarterback when you drafted a rookie quarterback the year well, before? It's, it's not about starting versus not starting. It's about who gives you the best chance to win right now. That's what Belichick's always thinking about. He doesn't care if you're a rookie or a 15-year vet. Yeah. He wants to win football games. Yeah. So if Hurts gives him a better chance to win just on regular play calling, he's going to take Hurts. If he thinks Stidham's going to win in the long run, he'll take Stidham. Stupid question. Does Belichick do a two-QB system and mixes two QBs in there during games? I'm ever trying that in any capacity. I will say Josh McDaniels had experience with the mobile quarterback. Tim Tebow, who drafted in the first round as the head coach of the Denver Broncos. And this is not new territory for a read option offense. When Jimmy Garoppolo came in to replace Brady for those four games, or really two and a half when he got injured in Miami, he had at least eight to ten read option plays designed specifically for him. This is not something new that Josh McDaniels is dealing with. He wants to implement this in his offense. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> sports, football. Sports. Yay. Hey, we're talking about sports. Oh, my God. Good. I can't believe it. <laughs> oh. Thank uh, God we have something. I'm surprised we have something to talk about even this time. Before, before we end it, because I know you have to get going, Brendan, can you give us a little update of what's going on on your side of the world? I know you gave us oh, an update last week. and Yeah, honest. Uh, things are still kind of the same. I'm only uh, I'm still at my school just because I have some place to work right now. If uh, if I don't have a job, I'm actually I'm on the clock right now. If, if anyone from work's listening, shout out. Uh, so I think I might be jobless next week. We'll see. Um, but that's why I'm here, just using my time wisely. All right, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Uh, like you said, next episode that we get on, we'll do an all-Brady episode. Yeah. Um, the highs and lows of what we enjoyed with Brady and some of the stories that we can share, each of, uh, one of us. And hopefully those that ride the wave can chime in as well and give their little takes as well that we can add into it as uh, <laughs> we're going forward. And uh, we're going to have Jay Lassard come on one of our newest acquisitions at Ride the Wave. I cannot wait to, for him to start getting started. The uh, acquisitions, dude, we're, we got free agency going on at Ride the Wave. <laughs> Stafford, I put Stafford and Jake Seymour in charge of uh, some of the free agency uh, pickups that we're going to have here. That was the most <laughs> annoying thing, dude, when people would just send me so many emails. Hey, I want to work here. I don't have samples. I, I, what I <laughs> okay. is I, we, I'm not joking. We got about 75 emails in total that's rounding it up. I deleted all the emails that didn't even include anything. I'm like, I'm not even going to bother with them. And I still sent about almost 30 emails to uh, Stafford and Jake just to review just to review them. Yeah. Um, so that'll be cool. And this is actually the perfect time to do spring cleaning 
and figure yeah. out what's going on when no sports are happening because all of a sudden, boom, we're going to transition. September is going to be a crazy month because not only for football, you got to be everything. Boston Marathon, the Kentucky Derby is going to end up happening. You're going to have all where you had that whole how March and April is the big sports month. September is going to yeah. end up being sports month. It's going to be a wild month at the end of the summer. What's going to be – wait, that Thursday night football game, that first game back, that's even the most viewed game in television history. In history. Yeah. Who do you think is opening up the season? Is it Kansas City and what? Who, who's opening against Kansas City? Tampa, Tampa Bay. So, <laughs> so, that, so that game, that game's in Tampa. So does Tampa end up hosting oh, it? Oh, no, no Kansas, way. Yeah, so that's, that's, that that's what the people are talking about. So Kansas City has to host. Yeah, they don't have yeah. to host. The NFL could just be like, no, we're giving this to Tom well, yeah, they, they did the crazy thing last year with the, what, Bears and Packers playing week one? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Thursday night season. game? Even yeah. though they won the Super Bowl? Pats got shafted to Sunday night. Yeah, they did. All right, Brandon Stafford, any final thoughts? Uh, my final thoughts are go get NBA League Pass if you're in quarantine because it is free right now and you can probably watch all the previous NBA games you want. Wash your hands. Oh, that's a good one, too. All yeah. right, if any of you out there want to play GTA 5 with me, that's all I've been doing. Slide in my DMs. Oh, yeah, follow like, Tyler Moore on Twitter. Yeah, follow, Tyler, don't forget Tyler, to follow Tyler on Twitter. I, ha- I have been getting a decent amount of followers lately, so for Tyler, people are listening or they're making the worst mistake of their life, <laughs> smashing the follow button. All right, Boston's Big 3, episode 43. But yeah, maybe. Corona might kill us all. Maybe.